This is a folktale from Norway. I do love Norwegian folktales, you may have noticed. And it is called The Giant Who Had No Heart in His Body. Now there was once a king who had seven sons, and he loved his sons more dearly than anything in the world. And in fact he loved them so much he couldn't bear to be parted from them. I mean, some of them could go away and do something, but he always had to have at least one son with him, otherwise he became very sad and miserable. Now one day, once the sons had all grown up to be men, the six eldest sons went to him and said, Father, we would like to go out into the world and find the princess for our wife. We want brides. And... If you let us go out and search for a bride for ourselves, we will also bring back a seventh princess for the Ash Lad here, their youngest brother. They always refer to him as Ash Lad. Well, the old king wasn't so sure. I mean, six of his sons all leaving him. But he knew that they were grown up now and that they needed to have wives and families of their own, and so he reluctantly agreed. And the six of them were given the finest clothes to wear, good provisions, and the six finest horses in the stables. And they rode off, promising that they would bring back a bride, each of them, and a seventh bride for the ash lad. And then they rode off, now they went to several different palaces and different kingdoms, and they saw many beautiful princesses. But there was one castle that they came to where the king had six beautiful daughters. And, oh, they were such lovely maidens that the prince's heart skipped a beat when they saw them. But the thing was, of course, there was only six of them. But there were six brothers there, and they all set to wooing the princess of their choice, the princess of their dreams. And eventually they had all agreed to be married. Now there was great joy and happiness, and the beautiful brides climbed up behind their princes, and they set off on the horses, back to the castle to be married. Well, of course, they had forgotten that they hadn't brought a bride for the ash lad. But they were so in love, they didn't think of anything about him or anyone else. All they could think about was this beautiful, divine creature that they had found, this gorgeous, beautiful princess. That was all that was in their minds. Now, on their way home, they passed a hill, and on the hill was a huge house, and in the huge house lived a giant. And he was an evil, wicked giant. Now, this giant was so bad that it didn't have a heart in its body. And also, it could perform magic, but only bad magic, of course. So, as the six princes rode by on their horses, with the six princesses sitting behind them, the 
giant popped his head out the door, and he glared at them, and he turned them all to stone. Princes, princesses, horses and all were turned to stone like statues. Well, time passed, and the sons didn't return, and the old king sat there fretting and weeping, longing for his sons, and he said to the Ashlad, Oh, thank God that you did not go either, otherwise I would surely die of grief if I lost you as well as your brothers. You are all that I have left now, and all the reason that I have for living. But the ash lad had other ideas. Yes, father, but I want to go out into the world as well, and try to find my brothers, and take them home to you. You can't go, said the king. I, I won't allow it. I've lost my sons, who I love dearly. I can't lose you as well, the only one I have left. Oh, but father, he said, I will come back to you. I promise I will return. And not only will I return, but I am sure I will bring my six brothers home as well. Well, eventually the old king agreed. Now the fine clothes he could provide, but in the stable... There was only one horse left, and it was an old, saggy, ancient horse, uh, more for pulling a cart with than riding on. But that was all that there was. The king apologized to his son for that, but the ash lad said it was fine. The horse would do him well. So he climbed on the poor old horse's back, saggy back that it was, and they trotted off down the road. Now they travelled on and on and on for a great distance. And then the ash lad saw, lying in the middle of the road, there was a raven. It was lying there, fluttering its wings. And the raven looked at him and said, Oh dear friend, please help me. I am so, so hungry. I am starving to death. Please give me a little bit of your food. Well, the ash lad said, Well, I don't have much. If you give me a little bit of food, said the raven, that I will help you in your greatest need. Hmm, said the ash lad. I don't really think that there's much that you could do for me. But, you know, I'll I've have a bit of food here. I don't have much, but I will give you some. So he got off the horse, and he gave the raven some food, and the raven ate it, and it regained its strength and was able to fly off. Now the ash lad carried on going down the road, and he passed a river. And lying on the banks by the side of the river, there was a salmon. The salmon had chomped for choy and had landed on the river bank, and now it couldn't get back into the into the water again. Oh, dear friend, it cried out to the ash lad, please come and put me back into the water. I will help you in your greatest need. Well, said the ash lad, I don't think that there's much that you could do to help me, but it seems a shame to let you lie there and choke to death on the banks. 
So he got off his horse, and he picked up the salmon, and he put it back into the river, and the salmon swam away. He climbed back up on his horse, and he carried on riding, and he rode and rode for quite a distance yet, when he met a wolf, and old Greylegs was in a bad state. He was crawling along the side of the road, he was so hungry, and so emaciated, so thin, that the wind blew through his ribs. And he said, My dear friend, help me. Give me your horse to eat, he said. I am so hungry I haven't eaten for two years. Give me your horse, and I will help you in your greatest need. Well, said the ash lad, this is a bit much. I mean, I met a raven that I had to give food to, and, and a salmon that I had to put save and put back into the river, and now you want to eat my horse? I mean, what am I going to ride on if you eat my horse? You can ride on me, said the wolf. Oh, well, said the ash lad, I can see that your need is great. Okay, you can eat my horse. And the wolf ate the horse, ate it up, bones and all, just as quick as a flash. And it gave the wolf great strength. It stood up, and it was so strong now that it made the ash lad feel a bit nervous, because, you know, this wolf could chomp on him and tear his throat out. But the wolf smiled and said, Let us be on our way, then. So the ash lad put the bit between the wolf's jaws, and he put the saddle on the wolf's back, and he rode off on the back of the wolf, and the wolf ran so fast, far, far faster than the horse did. And they rode on and on and on, the wolf running over hill and over dale, until eventually they came to the hill. And there on top of the hill was the giant's castle. Well, around about them they could see statues, and the ash lad recognized the faces of the statues. They were his brothers, and they had princesses sitting behind them. But they were all stone. Now then, said the wolf, quick, go up to the castle, and you'll find a big door. Go in through there, and you will find a princess, a most beautiful princess. I couldn't go in there, said the ash lad. The giant, he'd kill me. Don't be afraid. The princess is the key. She is the one that can help you. Now, there is one thing, though. You must do whatever she tells you. Do as she bids you. Your life depends on it. Your life is in her hands now. So he climbed off the wolf, he went up to the door, he entered in, and there in a room, sure enough, he found the most beautiful princess that he had ever seen in his life. She was the most beautiful woman he had ever seen in his life, and his heart fluttered when he saw her. Oh, good heavens, she said, what are you doing here? You must get away from here quickly. This is a house where a giant lives who has no heart in his body. 
Yes, I know, he said, but I have come to try to save my brothers who are outside Turnterstone, and I would save you as well. Well, she said, okay, but be quick. Hide under the bed and listen closely to what the giant says. Now hurry. So he climbed under the bed, and no sooner had he got out under the bed and out of sight than the giant came stomping in through the door, and snuff, snuff, went the giant's nose. Mm, he said, I smell Christian blood. Ah, well, you might, said the princess. You see, a magpie flew over the house today, carrying a man's bone in its beak, and it let the bone drop down the chimney, and I grabbed it as fast as I could to get it out the house, but I dare say it's that that you smell. Hmm, likely so, said the giant, and he sat down to eat. Well, that evening the giant went to bed, and the princess said to him, Oh, giant, there is something that I have often longed to ask you, but I haven't dared. Hmm, said the giant, What's, what do you want to know? Well, you have no heart in your body, but where is your heart? That is none of your business, said the giant. What business is it of you where my heart is? Oh, I just wanted to know, she said. I, I'm just curious, that's all. <laughs> well, he said, I'll tell you, even though it is none of your business. My heart is buried under the doorstep, outside the door. And then he went to sleep. Now, of course, the ash lad under the bed heard all of this, and he smiled to himself and thought, well, that'll be easy to find. So the next day the giant got up very early, as he always did, and he went off, stomping off towards the woods. Well, the ash lad and the princess quickly set to work, and they dug up the doorstep, and they dug, and they dug, and they dug but the more they dug, the less they found the giant's heart, and they realized that they had been tricked. So they replaced everything as it was, and the ash lad went back into hiding in the house. Now the princess strewned the doorstep with beautiful flowers, and the giant came home, and snuff, snuff, snuff went the giant's nose. I smell Christian blood, he said. And you may you well, said the princess. You see, a magpie was flying over the house today with a, a man's bone in his beak, and it dropped it down the chimney, and I grabbed it as quickly as possible to get it out the house. But you know how the smell lingers. Yes, said the said the giant. Yes, that must be it indeed. So the giant ate, and then he turned to the princess and he said, Why is the doorstep out there all covered with flowers? Who did that? Well, I did, said the princess. Why did you do that? asked the giant. Oh, well, when you told me that your heart lay there, then I, I decorated it with flowers, because it's so special. 
Oh, you fool, he said. You didn't think that my heart is under the doorstep, did you? But you said it was, and why should I not believe you? I am so fond of you, you see. I, I put the flowers there. Ha, he said. My heart isn't under the doorstep. It's in the cupboard over there by the wall. Oh, well, the ash lad's heart jumped when he heard this. That should be easy to find. Well, the next day, the giant got up, and he went stomping off to the woods as usual. And the ash lad got out from under the bed, and him and the princess turned to the cupboard, and they stripped everything from the cupboard, but there was no heart in there. They had been tricked again. So they replaced everything as it was, and then the princess set to decorating the cupboard with flowers, and she made garlands of flowers and hung it around the, around the cupboard. Well, that evening... When the giant came home, snuff, 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 went the giant's nose. I smell Christian blood. Well, you may, said the princess, for a magpie flew over the house today with a man's bone in its beak, and had let it fall down the chimney, and I grabbed it as quickly as possible to get it out the house, but it must be that that you're smelling. Yes, likely so. So the giant had his supper, and then he looked at the cupboard, and he said to the princess, Why is the cupboard all covered with garlands and flowers? Oh, well, it's because I'm so fond of you, she said, that when you told me your heart was in there, I decorated it. Ha, ha, ha! Ah, you fool, you, you silly goose, said the giant. My heart's not in the cupboard. "'What made you think that?' "'Well, you told me,' she said. "'And why should I not believe you?' "'No, my heart's not in such an easy-to-find place as that.' "'Well, where is your heart, then?' she said. "'Well, I'll tell you,' said the giant. "'You'll never find it. "'It's too far away.' and it's too well hidden. You see, a long way from here is a forest, and in the forest there is a lake, and in the lake there is an island, and on the island there is a church, and in the church there is a well, and in the well there is a dock, and in the dock there is an egg, and my heart is in that egg. Well, that was a different story and sounded more plausible to the ash lad. Now the next day the giant got up early, and he went stomping off towards the woods again, and then the ash lad came out from under the bed, and he said a long and tender farewell to the princess. They were now in love. They liked each other well. I will, I don't know where I'm going, said the ash lad. And I don't know how I'm going to achieve this, but I must. And I will come back, and I will free you, and my brothers, and their brides as well. Well, she said, I hope so. And they kissed, 
and he went out with a heavy heart, not knowing where he was going. But there outside was the grey wolf with the saddle on his back, and he said, Climb on. So he climbed the board, and the wolf said, Hold tight, and it set off at such speed. He never knew that there could be such a speed as this. It was far faster than the wolf had run before. And they ran on and on and on, over hill and dale, until they came to the forest. And then they rode through the forest, and they came to the lake. How do we get across the lake? said the ash lad. Hold tight. And with that the wolf chomped into the lake, and it swam across to the other side. But when they got there, they discovered the door of the church was locked. And hanging on a hook on the top of the highest tower, there was the key. How on earth will we ever get that key? said the ash lad. It's far too high up for either of us to get anywhere near it. Then you must call on the raven, said the wolf, and he will come to you in your greatest need, remember? So the ash lad called for the raven, and soon there was a flapping of wings, and the raven came flying up, and it took the key from off the hook, and it flew down, and it gently placed the key in the ash lad's hand, and then it flew away. So he unlocked the door and went inside, and there was the well, and in the well was the duck. Now the ash lad sat by the side of the well, and he coaxed the duck to come towards it, and when the duck came towards him, he grabbed it, but as he picked it up out of the water, the egg fell out of the duck and fell into the water with a splash. Oh, no, said the ash lad. How on earth will we ever get that egg back? You must call on the salmon, said the wolf. The salmon said he would help you in your greatest need. So the ash lad called the salmon, and the salmon rose up out of the water with the egg in its mouth, and the ash lad took the egg and he gave it a squeeze, and he heard the giant's voice wailing, Ah! Don't squeeze my heart so! Please, please, I promise you I'll do anything, absolutely anything. Well, said the ash lad, You've turned my six brothers and their brides and their horses to stone. You must turn them back. I will, I will, I promise, immediately. And he did so. Suddenly the statues became alive again. Now please, please don't squeeze my egg, my heart. Don't, don't squeeze it in two. And then the wolf said, Squeeze it to pieces. And so the ash lad crushed the egg in his hand, and the giant roared out, and fell dead. Well, the ash lad got back on the wolf. They swam across the lake, and they ran back even faster to the giant's castle. And there outside was his six brothers and their brides-to-be, 
and their horses, and they all embraced happily. And then the ash lad went into the castle, and he took the princess by her hands, and he kissed her, and he led her out. And they all rode back to the castle where the ash lad lived. And you can tell that his father was so overjoyed when he saw his six eldest sons riding up with their brides behind them, all on their beautiful horses, and the ash lad at the head of them, on the wolf, with his beautiful bride sitting behind him too. And they went into the castle, and the king's joy knew no bounds. They hugged, and they kissed, and they laughed. And the king said, You've all got brides with you, but none of them are as fair as the ash lads, and you will sit at the highest seat at the table with her by your side, and we will celebrate the wedding feast. And so the, se the seven brothers were all married at the same day, and they held the biggest feast that has ever been known in that kingdom. In fact, it was so big that it's still carrying on to this day.